Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Erich. I am the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside, and I'm super excited to bring to you a double community episode this week. This is 1,000 Hours Outside around the world. Lorna coming in from the UK, and Lauren, who is recording from Germany. If you have not yet taken the time, please subscribe to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. It really helps, and leave a five-star review. All right, well, I'm so thrilled to welcome Lorna Norton to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege. Yes, I've had such a great time looking through to see what you're doing at the Kith Homestead and all these things that you've come up with and the Wander Yurt. So we have lots of things to talk about. But before we dive into some of the specifics, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you're from? Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, we we have a wonder yet. Uh, so first of all, she's always at the forefront of our mind. Um, but yeah, I'm a, a mom, a wife. We're a home educating family, and we live in Yorkshire in the UK. And three years ago, we set about turning over a small sheep field into a thriving homestead to what it is now. So. The dream was to be able to welcome people in to learn side by side in all seasons and alongside parent and child, really. So um, and we're kind of, yeah, we're making waves and doing that. Yeah, you are. Such beautiful things. And it kind of goes along with one of the questions that you sent in, which is when you homestead, you are finding joy and life and novelty within the same space as the seasons change. So can you tell us about the benefits of visiting the same place time and again throughout the year? Yeah, it's such a big passion of mine to be able to create safe spaces where people can come and visit the same space in all seasons. It's easy to explore in the, in the summer, in the spring. It's beautiful and there's, the sun shines down on us. You know, the kids don't have to wear all of the layers and it's easy. But in the winter and the autumn, you know, the storms come and the wind, the rain. This week we've had freezing fog and torrential rain. But there's still so much to discover even in the depths of the winter. So my passion is being able to um, encourage people to go and visit those same places time after time and eventually those children and those people will be able to feel the benefit of visiting the same place you see the place in all seasons and whilst the place doesn't change there's always something to discover and with every visit those discoveries they get more and more tiny you know right down to the tiny little bug and um you know mm-hmm. the nest in the tree or mm-hmm. the, the swallows when they return you know these are the things which we get to experience when we see the same place in all seasons right. Yeah. And it's the love of it, that feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's the newness, but then there's also the repetition. And so you build in this sort of sense of tradition of the things that you see every year, like you said, the swallow returns or the different insects you see in the different seasons. I think what's really neat, Lorna, is that you have this message about returning to the same place and having it be a special place for you for security and for excitement and for growth. And then you've actually made that. You've made it for other people so they can come join in. So can you tell us about your process there and what you've done? Um, yeah, it's a real labor of love. And it's, um, yeah. yeah, oh, I'm going to get a tearful. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a massive journey for our family. And yeah. we've been through huge roller coasters of emotions where the great days are great and the, the awful days are awful. And But there's nobody else to do it. You know, we're here mm. and we're, 
we're putting in the work so that people can come and experience that and feel that same kind of joy you know when we have the great days we want people to experience that too and and in the depths of it the storms are always the worst thing um yeah. you know when the the door of the yurt flew off in a, in a gale force storm you know these are the like okay we're gonna have to figure this out and we're gonna have to carry on you know and but it has been a passion and it's for the children it's for our mm-hmm. son for him to grow up in a space where you wow. know there's so many possibilities and and being outside in all seasons to see children in that space repeatedly they have this ease about them and there's nothing that they can't achieve they are um the way they move and the way they interact with each other it comes through being outside and being confident in their own bodies to make the decisions mm-hmm. so it's amazing <laughs> yeah so the practicalities are this is fairly new you started in 2019 and you said it was a sheep farm and then you have transitioned and people can find you at kith it's k-i-t-h homestead i love it i love it's so magical the yurt and just this space that you provided for children so tell us sort of how you did it well tell us can you tell us why what was the final inspiration to actually make it happen and then what was the process of getting there I think like lots of people out there, the idea of having children and what our parenting journey will look like is very different. And we have these ideals and then our little people are born into the world and everything changes and we want to provide the best for them in in whatever circumstances that we can. And I just felt that there was a different way that we could live our lives to be able to learn alongside our son. He's an incredible child I mean every parent's gonna say that but he's got this magic about him and so initially it was for him and it was Mm. to be able to provide a space where he could grow um really naturally you know there's so many pressures of the wider world for children but in the heart of it we wanted him to be able to experience a natural childhood Mm -hmm. you know we still watch tv and we still do the things in the mainstream world but it's a big radical change to step away from the mainstream and to firstly home educate, but also to be a really outdoors family. Yeah. And the, the process every day is, it feels like one big to-do list, but it's something we can do together as a family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. And that's actually really, really special. So you have this space that you transition from one thing to another and you open it up to home educators you have events you have workshops you have family offerings what kind of things do people do when they come uh, yeah <laughs> there's everything and there's nothing so for <laughs> family days sometimes there are scripted things where they can go and maybe tinker in the we have a polytunnel which is turned over to our kind of a woodworking tinkering space mm. so there's things that they can do there they can sit in the yurt and read books and play with block toys and they can play in the woodland they can paint they can cook on the fire it's all the things that you would expect so it's that kind of homely feeling in an outdoor Mm -hmm. space wow lorna but it's also nothing and for people who haven't experienced that before it's a really big deal to go into a space where it looks like a field and a garden and it doesn't look as though there's a lot to do but then you start relaxing into an outdoor space and actually like the possibilities are just endless. And it takes a real mind shift for some people to be able to be in a space like that and feel comfortable. That's interesting. It looks like nothing. It reminds me of we went to this museum as a family. I was speaking at a conference in Tennessee here in the States and I went to this museum with our kids in the middle 
where we have a little bit of space and time. And the museum seemed like, Lorna, it had everything. It had a climbing course and it had a rock wall and it had some rides and it was filled with buzzers and beepers, but our kids lost interest in just a few hours. So that's an interesting way to put it, that sometimes it can feel like there's everything. It felt like that place had everything you would ever want. And our kids were done. They didn't want to do it anymore. But then you go outside where there's seemingly nothing and they can play all day. I think the best example of that is we have a a pile of wood chip, which is used to line the paths to make sure they're not too muddy. It is basically a big pile of wood chip and we affectionately call it Wood Chip Mountain. Um, And it has been the most incredible passive playground I have ever seen. And every child who comes into the space uses it completely differently. So it's been a den, it's been a slide. They dig in it, they turn it into structures, but it is a pile of wood chip. And mm-hmm. somebody who hasn't experienced a space like Kith before, you know, they would overlook something like that. But the wow. possibility, it's like a sandpit. It's the exact same, you know, kids can play mm-hmm. in sandpits for hours. But yeah, it's not quite as nice as sandpit. <laughs> it's wood chip. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something really, like, it brings in all of their senses. It's tactile. Mm-hmm. It smells amazingly. And when it's fresh, when our, the wood surgeon who drops it off for us, when it's fresh, it's steaming and they can feel mm-hmm. it with their bodies. And being able to experience the world in its entirety like that with their whole wow. beings, it's, just, it's fascinating. So yeah, buzzers and buttons and lights and flashy things, they can only serve a purpose for so long, I think, before the kind of natural need right. and the kind of natural body needs to take over. Right. And it's almost like they're trying to replace, trying to keep the attention. What can we do to keep kids' attention? And yet it's really the simple things. It's Woodchip Mountain. And I like what you say, that sometimes we overlook those possibilities because they don't seem like much. So one of the questions that you had sent in, which I love, is how can even the smallest adventures have a big impact? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, For us, a small adventure at the moment is just going out at night. When the season turns and the nights draw in for winter, being able to go out in a familiar, it's coming back to that familiarity, that safety mm-hmm. of being in a place that they know really well. But going out at nighttime, for kids is a massive adventure. They don't get to do this very often. So just playing with a torch and their friends in the dark, in yeah. a safe place, it feels like a really big adventure for them. But it's tiny, you know, it's not a big epic hike in the mountains. Right. This is going out maybe between like 4.30 and 6.30 at night. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but it's scaffolding the way to bigger adventures when they're older. And so, you know, I think sometimes as parents, we get really overwhelmed with like, well, we haven't gone hiking for a while or we haven't been to the beach mm. or we haven't done this. And whilst those things are really lovely, um, just keeping it really simple and just going for a walk around the block in the dark yeah. and really... It's a simple, um, Alistair Humphreys talks about micro adventures and I just, Mm -hmm. I think that's just that kind of concept is really overlooked. Yeah. I think that his concept of micro adventures has hit home with probably the most people of anything because we're limited and it's important to know that the small things can still make such a large impact, even if it's just an hour or 20 minutes here or a nighttime walk with a flashlight in the neighborhood or something like that. And it means so much to kids. And I like what you say too, just we don't have to always go to new places. It can be the same place and seeing it change through the seasons and seeing it change through the day, even the, the well, the color spectrum changes from yeah. morning to night and then into the dark. So even all of that is so beautiful. 
Tell me about some of the families that come. Are they mainly young kids? Is there an age range? Yeah, I think um, because our son is so young, he's just four, he'll be turning five next month. Um, I think because he's still young, our focus has really been on those younger age groups. And Mm -hmm. the oldest child is probably 11 turning 12. And so I think life changes, doesn't it? That kind of nine to 10 year old shift is a big one. And suddenly peer groups become more of a focus rather than the big family time. So we do see the younger age groups are really, really popular. And then the older kids, they just need something, need something um, time alone with their friends. They need to find those secret places and they need to be able to move away from the main group and, and spend the time discovering what it means to be their own person. So the family groups tend to be for the younger children, those kind mm-hmm. of those building on those first five year experiences. Right. But what's interesting then is that nature still provides for those opportunities for the kids to run off to their secret spaces and to have their playtime and to be adventurous with their buddies Mm -hmm. and to play. Yeah, just even for the older kids, just they're so playful. And sometimes that Mm -hmm. kind of is stifled in in the busyness of life for a a preteen age group, but they're still really playful at the heart of it. Yeah. So you started this when your son was a year yeah yeah a year and knowing that you were just building something so important for him has it met your expectations I think well yeah this year has probably been the easiest year the first few years were really really tricky and he was just a dot you know I would carry him in a sling on my front on my back Mm and I would lead classes with him and he has experienced life together so during those lockdown periods he really missed people he was mm-hmm. uh, you know like most people away yeah. from from everybody he's an only child so for him he loves big energy and he loves mm-hmm. it when there are big groups there so as a family we've had to kind of follow his lead um he's mm-hmm. always been a really good barometer of people we always call him so um if he takes to people then we're like oh okay there's something in this so we're always led by him and if there is something that he's really not keen on, then we'll try and shift it. But we can't put in, you know, massive, big eight hour days just working at the homestead. We need to make sure that we find the balance. And I think right. for most families, it's that balance is really, really hard to find when, you know, there are so many strings to, to hold on to. So to see him in the space, he's just comfortable. He's so at ease when he's outside. There's never any drama. There's never any bother. He just thrives off being mm-hmm. outside and actually we start to worry when we're inside too much <laughs> because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's not an inside kid yeah <laughs> yeah oh he um, loves that space and the freedom this episode is brought to you by better help question what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day read a few chapters of that book start painting that guest bedroom tackle that pile of laundry play a card game with your kids a lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 
slash 1000 hours. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com outside for 15% off your first order. When families come to visit, how long do they stay? It, de- it depends. We've got there's so many different offerings. So for the for the little ones, a couple of hours is a good is a good limit. You know, mm-hmm. tummies get hungry, and um, right. the sensory overload of being outside is quite massive at times. So a new place, or you know, even just the tactile input is really it's too much for some children if they're not ex- they're not used to it. But most people just want to stay and stay and stay and stay. That's what I was wondering. Sure. (laughs) Well, because at some point, I think it takes a little while sometimes for kids to adjust. We always found this when we would adventure with our friends just at the local parks and things. But two hours, three hours in, they've really found their groove. And so you don't want to pull them away because they're playing so nicely with each other. And they're so they have dove in to their play and their Enraptured with their own imaginations. And so it's hard to pull them away from it and to leave. And so I could, I wondered about that. If people come and then they don't really want to leave, I could see that. But the hardest thing, it feels like you're in a little bubble when you're there. It feels like this really safe, protected bubble. We're not too far away from the towns. And so, but when you drive out, it's like hitting like real world again. And it's hard, even for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what a neat thing that you have going on, Lorna. The Kith Homestead, people can find that on Instagram and follow along with what you're doing. And what an awesome thing that you've done for your community. I would imagine that people have built really strong friendships there. Yeah, and to see the community out and about beyond Kith, I think that is the biggest. Yes. Um, to see yes. that Right, that friendship started there and they're continuing yeah. in other places, but that is really awesome. So, so what is the future? Just kind of keeping it the same and opening it a few days a week to try and keep balance? Yeah, the balance. And it's, it's for us right now, we're trying to find that balance of what home life looks like as a home educator, but also it's a place that we love. You know, we want our hands in the dirt. We want to be able to keep yeah. on pushing forward the community garden and growing it and allowing more people to come and, and experience it. So, yeah. And what a unique thing that you have found value in that. And then you are in a practical way offering that to other people. It's really awesome, Lorna. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, yeah, I really um, think people are will be very inspired by that, even just to open up if they have their own yard, to open up their own little place for a little play group here and there, and to know that they can just have Woodchip Mountain. It doesn't have to be some elaborate thing in yeah. order to be impactful. So 
I love that. Kith Homestead, people can find that and find inspiration there. Lorna, we always end our podcast with a favorite memory of yours from your childhood that was outside. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think my one of my prominent memories was uh, walking with my grandparents in Wales um, and the ferns were growing. It was quite late in the season and I was just picking them as I was going. But then at the end of the season, they get really tough and uh, and I ripped my hand on one and it was so sore. And I remember my grandmother, she got her handkerchief and she wrapped me up. Um, and then not 30 seconds later, I touched a really sappy tree and I put the sap from the tree in my eye. Um, <laughs> but now those, those smells are like really nostalgic for me. So yeah, those are my outdoor memories. <laughs> Thank goodness for grandparents, right? They, they, they don't mind. And it is funny. It's, you know, it's sometimes it's those little things. Who would have thought, cut my finger, I got stabbed in my eye, that we remember these things, but we do remember them fondly. And they take us back yeah. to relationships. They help us remember people and grandparents and family. So that's really special. I love it. <laughs> so you can see that if everyone, anyone gets cut on anything at the homestead, that that maybe will be one of their favorite special oh, memories. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lorna, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It's been an absolute delight talking with you. Thank you so much, Denise, for all of your work as well, your podcasts and your books and your everything. It's just such an inspiration. And uh, there's such a big voice out there of, um, of mm. children being outside and, and, and families being outside. So, but thank you for leading the way as well. It's been an inspiration. I appreciate that. Thank you. This is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours and get on your way to being your best self. I love getting to know new things about myself. It's been years now, but I remember when I first learned how to bake bread and it opened up a whole new world for me. With just some minor adjustments, a simple bread recipe can turn into bagels, rolls, pretzels, and more. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we walk through things and talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's so convenient because it's entirely online, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. Here we go. Okay. I am so thrilled to be talking to a friend from Germany. She actually lives about an hour from where I was born, which is really neat. It is such a small world. Lauren Sakura, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is awesome. You have got so much going on where you live. One of the biggest things is that you have a camper van. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, where you're from? 
Sure. Uh, so I'm originally from Virginia, the historic triangle. I grew up in a town called Gloucester. So people might be familiar with it. Uh, I met my husband while I was there in college and he was an army brat and he's in the air force now. So that took us to Texas and then to California and then to Germany almost four years ago. And I have two daughters, a seven-year-old Evelyn, and then a three-year-old Meredith. So she was born in Germany. Yes, she was in my house. Wow. (laughs) Congrats to you with a midwife. Yeah. With a German midwife. Yeah. (laughs) We had, because we had a couple of our babies at home too. So that's awesome. Good for you. Thanks. So now you're in Germany. You've been all over. That's hard. It's hard to move with little ones. So you've been all over and, and now you're in Germany. And over the last two years, you have really sort of changed your lifestyle. You're going out and about quite a bit. Can you tell us about some of the changes that have happened? Yeah. So um, I have been a person where I feel as though I've had undiagnosed anxiety my entire life. And it didn't really come to a head until after I became a mom seven years ago. And I didn't really know how to get a handle on my anxiety. And we changed a lot of things. But when we moved to Germany, uh, we moved here in 2019. And then I had my second daughter shortly after we moved. So that was an adjustment. And then like everyone else in the world, we got thrown into the pandemic and things were very different the way they were handled here in Germany. And so the only thing I was left with was outside. It was the only thing that Germany didn't take away was outside. And so I found myself forced into this really uncomfortable world where I was like, I don't really like nature and I don't like being in nature. Mm-hmm. But if this is all we have, I have to kind of figure it out. And that's where mm-hmm. I found you and started following you towards the end of 2020. And so I was like, you know what? We're in our second lockdown. So let's just give this a try. Mm-hmm. And I jumped in with a broken foot. and <laughs> Wow. And a baby. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a one-year-old. And I was like, we'll just see how far we get. And it's been incredible. Like we're in our second year and I just crave more and more and more time that we go outside. And I see so much of a difference between my kids, between one that was raised in an inside world that now we're trying to transition to an outside world versus Mm -hmm. one that only knows being outside. The gross and fine motor skills are completely different. Their fear versus bravery is completely different. Them being able to handle their emotions and struggles and things like that are completely different. And I know that that's kids in general, but I truly feel like it's been nature's been able to bless us in that avenue to give us a completely different way of navigating our life. So... Wow, it's so interesting. Yeah, to see the changes between the two kids. Tell us what it's like to get outside in Germany. Where do you go? What do you do? So the nice thing about Germany is they do outside very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are trails everywhere. You can pull off on the side of the road. You can park at the end of people's property. There are trails that run through people's property. Wow. The Germans welcome nature in itself. And they are always out walking. It doesn't matter any of the weather. So in Germany, there is no bad weather. There's only bad clothes. So mm-hmm. everything is held, whether it's raining or not. And so wow. you just kind of make the best of it and you bundle up with everybody else and you bring your waterproof shoes and your umbrellas and your coats and make sure you have a hat on your baby. The Germans want hats. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You got to fit in. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It's so interesting to have an experience in a different culture of all sorts of things. But in this particular instance of how they relate to nature time, that will change you forever. And I think you'll bring that 
when you come back to the States, bring that attitude and it will rub off on others. So something that's new is Clio. <laughs> Tell us about Clio. So uh, I had kind of toyed with the idea myself about like, oh, it might be kind of fun to have a camper. Getting my husband on board was like a totally separate issue, but um, I convinced him <laughs> to purchase. You got to tell a- us how you did that because this is kind yeah. of a common thing is how do we get, you know, our partner or our spouse on board? <sighs> I know um, it was a de- it was a it was a hard process, but I convinced him to buy a 41 year old Mercedes Benz. <laughs> German camper van um, because if wow. we do return to the states, we want to be able to import it, and it has to be older than twenty five years old. And so wow. we can't import it unless it's vintage. And so, wow, have- that's interesting. That <laughs> yeah. was smart thinking ahead. <laughs> well, thankfully, I had met a couple of other people that were looking into it also, and so mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, we got to make sure it's old, and not just did we go for old, we went for like really old because it's forty one <laughs> yeah. years old. She's hideous. <laughs> She's absolutely ugly. She will be painted on the outside eventually, but that's mm-hmm. the last thing that we have to do. She's like this weird gray faded blue color with bright fire engine red doors right now because we had to buy new doors because of all the rust. Um, she is just a <laughs> rust bucket. <but laughs> so they're red. That's amazing. Yeah. We are getting ready to take her on our third trip um, this oh, weekend cool, for Lauren. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it'll be our first cold weather trip with her. So we'll see how the insulation and everything does. But uh, we finished it in about two and a half weeks. My husband would work all day and then come home and work all night on the camper, sleep for like four or five hours, wake up and do it again. Wow. Because our oldest goes to German school and they only have six weeks of summer break. And we got the camper back really late um, being fixed for some rust issues It had some welding work. And so we had like two weeks to finish it so that we could go on a vacation before my oldest had to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And then in that trip, the first time we took her anywhere, we drove her 5,000 kilometers to Norway. Wow. (laughs) So we did not ease into a trip at all. We went to Norway as far as we could get and then circled back around and came back. We spent some time in Denmark and we had all the things go wrong. Like what? Um, the biggest one was one of our solar panels flew off on the Autobahn, just flew off (laughs) while we were driving and we have to go slow because she's old. She maxes out at about 80 kilometers an hour, which is Mm -hmm. like 40, 50 miles an hour. It's very slow. And this solar panel just flew off and is living with someone else probably now. (laughs) Was it an easy replacement? Is that something that's a quick turnaround Uh, or something that's really tricky? Thankfully, the new solar panels we bought were secured better than the one that came with the van. So it wasn't a huge loss, but we did lose about 100 watts of power in the process. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that trip then. What was it like to go to Norway? Had you been there before? No. So um, I... I had just kind of thrown Norway and originally it was like Sweden on our radar. We wanted to go to Denmark and I was like, well, we're so Mm -hmm. close to Norway. Let's just look into going across. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at 
peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside 120. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. And then when I started researching Norway, it is this not talked about wilderness Mecca. I mean, if you think you want to see it, it's in Norway, not just like the Northern lights. Like that's what a lot of people go there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we miss the puffins, but the puffins nest in Norway. You've got seals that swim in the fjords that you can go kayaking with seals, like right up with like a whole crew of them. You've got whales, all kinds of whales that come and migrate and they mate right along the coast of Norway. Lauren, wow. I mean, moose, thousands of species of birds. Like, I mean, it is just this, I I feel like nobody talks about Norway. And then when I looked it up, I was like, why are more people not going to Norway? Wow. I am so excited to tell you about something our family has been using for the past couple months. Did you know that 75% of the time you spend with your kids in your lifetime will be spent by the time they are 12? It's shocking, but it's true. Couple that with the fact that screen time is the biggest battleground in households today, and you can see why it's important for both parents and kids to be intentional about how they spend their time. We have less time than we realize, and we're wasting a lot of it scrolling. That's why we're excited to tell you about ARO, A-R-O, a company taking on one of the world's biggest problems, screen time. ARO is the first solution designed specifically for families looking to increase the amount of quality time together by reducing the amount of time they spend on their phones. 
Aro's innovative platform gamifies the experience of being off your phone through its fitness style app that pairs with its one of a kind box that gives you credit for all the time your phone spends inside it. It really makes being off your phone fun, easy, and most importantly, possible. It works. RO users average over five hours a day away from their phones. The RO app reminds you to take intentional time away from your phone. It measures the amount of time your phone spends in the RO box and it rewards you along the way. The RO box gives your family a designated charging station, acts as a visual cue to put your phone down, and creates distance between you and your phone when you don't need it. That's more important than you think because 89% of our phone interactions are self-initiated. Putting your phone face down on a table in front of you or in your pocket just isn't enough. RO is so much more than an app in a box. The entire RO experience is about helping you align your actions with your intentions and do something that most of us aren't able to do on our own. Put down our phones to be present in the moments happening right in front of us. The RO membership includes access to the app for everyone in your family and the box is included for free. Memberships start as low as $12 per month. For that price, I would encourage anyone who's feeling screen time getting in the way of family time to give it a shot. What would you pay for uninterrupted family dinners, great conversations with your kids, more time with your spouse, amazing memories outside? Those things are priceless and they are possible with RO. RO is offering our listeners a discount to get a free month on the upfront annual or two-year memberships with the code 1000HOURS, 1000HOURS. If you are looking to spend more time with your family, model great habits for your kids, keep them safe, or maybe just fall asleep without scrolling, we encourage you to check out RO right now. Go to GoRO.com to learn more. That is so interesting. And I, that Linda McGurk, she wrote the book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. And then her new one just came out called The Open Air Life. And she talks about the Nordic countries. So she's from Sweden. So she talks about how in Sweden that you can kind of go anywhere. And yeah. that they even had on their Airbnb, they had like an Airbnb listing for the whole country. It was like, you can come and basically kind of go anywhere and you can see all this stuff because they have yeah. a different take on property ownership and things like that. So were you able to go a lot of places and it sounds like it. Yeah. So there's very few countries in the European Union. Um, it's called the right to roam law. It's okay. really fascinating. They believe that the earth belongs to everybody and that everybody should have a right to experience it. And so wow. being in a camper van, technically we can even park on private property so long as we clear it with the owner ahead of time, mm -hmm. but you can park anywhere as long as there's not a, like you can't wow. park here prohibited sign. And so it was really cool to just be able to go places and park and sleep. Like we slept in the middle of the forest down this like kind of sketch road, but it was a stone throw away from this really famous it's like a river that runs through and it has this really cool legend that this guy ran away with the love of his life and like jumped two kilometers over the river on like horseback. But uh -huh. I mean, we were in the middle of the forest, a stone throw away from like this river and you can just park there. And as long as you don't leave wow. anything, you take everything with you. I've never seen landscape like that. It was truly life-changing. What yeah. an experience. My, I said I was born in Germany, so my parents were there for the military as well for a couple of years. And that is really a neat thing about Europe and being up near those Nordic countries is that things are close. So you can really go and see a whole lot. So it was brilliant to buy the camper van. Is your husband <laughs> more on board now? Did he, really, like, um, did he like that trip and think, oh, this was really worth it? 
Um, I think the the vote <laughs> might still be out on him. If he okay, has okay. he likes, he has things he likes, and then we're still working out a lot of the kinks because I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, we're cramming four people and a small dog into like a space that when the bed is out, you can't even like move around, you know, and so. There's pluses and minuses to it, right? You're on top of each other all the time. There is no personal space. And then if it's raining, you're kind of stuck like in this tiny little cramped space, unless you can park up next to someplace that maybe has an overhang that you can hang out in. But I think he sees the value in the fact of we need no reservations to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. There are these apps that you can download called like park for night over here. So literally it lists all the places that you can park or stay overnight or if it costs anything, if it doesn't. And so we went to Luxembourg for six days and hiked the Mullerthal trail and did all this fun stuff. And we didn't pay for a single thing the entire time that we were there except for food and then gas on the way home. So we took a basically a free vacation and food you'd have to buy anywhere. Yeah. yeah anyway. So yeah, it's, it does. It, it opens up so many doors for different things that you can do. And then you have a trip you said coming this weekend. Yeah. We're going to go to the Alsace region in France and visit a bunch of the Christmas markets. So yeah. <laughs> Lauren. Wow. I, know, I feel very spoiled. <laughs> Well, but you know, you're driving in a 41 year old van too. So I mean, yeah, there's like a give and take there. And I think it's really interesting because you started off by talking about how you had undiagnosed anxiety and here you are really taking your kids to see the world. How have you grown as a mother in the last couple of years? Oh man, I feel like that's, we could talk for hours about that. But I think the biggest part is, is that I was letting my anxiety rule me. Like I was too afraid to take, even just when I had one kid, like I was too afraid to take her different places or experience different things because of that fear of the unknown. Like what if X happens? What if this happens? And when you're out in nature, all the things go wrong. You know, like all of a sudden somebody has to poop Mm -hmm. and you didn't bring any wipes with you or somebody slips and falls in the mud and you don't have a change of clothes or it starts downpouring and you're caught somewhere and you can't, you just have to be in the rain and Mm -hmm. it is what it is. There's meltdowns. There's all these things. And I feel like it gives me a bit more of a grace and an understanding. And it just kind of like, no matter what it is, we'll just kind of get through through it. This sucks in the moment, but like at the end of it, I'm going to look back and I'm going to laugh at all these things that went wrong. And I'm going to be glad that we went, even if it's a total disaster in the process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's really inspiring because nature throws whatever it has at you and then you have to adjust. And in time you learn that you can adjust and that it's still worth it, even if it's not perfect. So Do you have, so tell us, do you have grandiose plans? Are you formulating plans of what you're going to see in the camper van now? And then have you thought toward the future? Like if you bring it back to the States, do you have ideas for around here as well? Oh man. Well, we're hoping we can just stay in Europe. My husband's really close to retirement. We're hoping to just kind of stay here. Um, And so we've talked about if we stay, we'll upgrade for a slightly better motor. So then maybe we can go like a hundred kilometers on the, (laughs) on the Autobahn. That way we're not like chugging along. Um, So we've talked about that um, and maybe one with a slightly different layout than the way that ours is Mm -hmm. just to make it a bit more like functional. 
I would really love my seven-year-old is obsessed with Harry Potter. We've where we've been listening to the audiobooks. I would love to take her on all of the filming locations all over the UK. And I've already wow. mapped them out. I already like have a Google map saved of all of the filming locations. And it would be such a perfect trip to be able to explore. We've never been to the UK. So it would be neat to be able to take the camper on the channel and then drive to all these filming locations and be able to take her picture and be like, just like you read about in the books or just like you saw on the movie, then it's here. I think that would be a really good one. And my husband really wants to go to Greece and we would love to drive Eastern Europe and go to Greece, but that would be a very long trip. (laughs) We're talking like six weeks we would probably need Mm -hmm. if we're in the slow Clio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll upgrade. Well, I think that's kind of the point too, is that sometimes you have to start somewhere. So you start there and then you try it. And if it's not perfect, at least you're learning you're learning what you like, what you don't like, what could be better. Maybe if we could go a little faster, these different things. And you're learning about what makes your family thrive. And I think that's really inspiring too, is that if you wouldn't have done it, because I'm sure a ton of people would say, well, why are you buying a 41-year-old vehicle? That's ridiculous, right? And you know, that's maybe unwise or that doesn't seem like a smart move. But had you not done it, you wouldn't be where you are right now thinking about, well, what's to come? And you can always adjust down the road. You just have to start somewhere. So I love that. So, okay. So people can follow along. Yes. (laughs) On Instagram, tell them where they can follow along. Yes. So um, if you want to follow Cleo and all the places that we go in Cleo. We want to follow Cleo. Yes. (laughs) That one's easy. It's Adventures with Cleo and it's Cleo with a K. So Mm K-L-E-O, Adventures with Cleo. Um, And then I post a lot of our like little things that we do. Um, I try and highlight a lot of nature stuff that we do because a lot of my friends say they get inspiration or they didn't realize it could just be something as simple as what we do. But that's on my like personal Instagram and that's Lauren C. Sakura. So that's. Mm-hmm. And I'm really spelling easy. that because it, people might not spell it right. It's Lauren C and then C E C O R A. Lauren C. Sakura. Yeah, a lot of inspiration there. This has been fantastic. I'm I'm really excited to follow along <laughs> with both. But, you know, the camper van is really a fun thing and gives people uh, through your lens a way to see the world, you know, places that maybe they would never go. So that's really fun. Uh, Okay, we always end our podcast, Lauren, with a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside. Man, uh, give me just a second. Let me think. (laughs) Oh, I know. Okay, so I guess maybe I was probably like eight or nine. Uh, My both my mom. Uh, my mom's family and part of my dad's family are from New York uh, and they grew up in New York and then moved outside of New York. And I remember this one summer, my mom, my dad and I, we drove up to New York and we rented this cabin with one of my mom's sisters and she has three kids. And then all of our other families and relatives came out and stayed with us in like this cabin. And I mean, this was like rustic. You got to bring your own sheets and like all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But this was before I was too afraid of bugs and things. Mm-hmm. But I just remember we spent this whole week out at these cabins somewhere in New York. And I remember we would sit on the patio and make those like little bead animals. Wow. And I just remember we would Aww. sit there with my cousins and we would play card games. And I just remember like that. We were just sitting outside all the time, eating all yeah. of our meals. And then in these rustic cabins that didn't have electricity, it was 
it was really cool. So yeah, simple and perfect. Yeah, I love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. And I think that maybe people might go out and get a 41 year old camper van. (laughs) Let me know if you need help. (laughs) (laughs) I so appreciate it. Thank you for taking this time and for inspiring people to push through their anxiety if they can, and to grow little by little and try new things. And obviously, it's really neat to see that's, I mean, such huge growth to be going all over to see these new places. So, so good for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 